Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, um, my have God. Have you turned off Southview? Have you turned off Southview? No, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't. I forgot. I, I feel like we should. I feel like we should. And yeah, that's yeah, like of course, of good course. for us. Hide Southview. I don't know how to do it. Do you know what it's been so long since I have been on... Oh my god! How do I turn off Selfie? I don't know how to use Zoom anymore. That's how okay. much the pandemic's over to me. I know you got to put the dot 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 in the corner, and then you got to go hide Selfie, and then you've got to. Yeah, there's that's a, it. another thing. This is hide thumbnail video. Anyway, I got it. Here against all odds, against <sighs> all odds, we're back. I, I after we organized, so we organized this. You shot me a message. Thank you so much for instigating this. Well, I was at the gym and then I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, for the last few exercises that I'm doing, I'm going to re-listen to the fu- the last episode that we did. Oh, it was, no. I cannot believe how long it's been and how many life events have happened for both of us in the interim period. It's not so much a podcast as it is like a book, what's happened in yeah. between. Like, I mean, and literally, but like. Three like, seasons of a TV show have happened in between Three seasons. This. And yeah. like the best seasons. Like, it's just unreal like how dramatically life has changed for us and to kind of be doing like a ridiculous podcast them, and like it's embarrassing i mean it is embarrassing to be back here um in the in the way that i guess we left all those months ago where we were like this is our best year yet we're gonna take ourselves seriously we're gonna really put in the groundwork we're really gonna defend and work on this podcast and then it was like Poof. Nothing. Never. They were never seen again. Radio silence. Not a comment about the <laughs> break. <laughs> People in the DMs. When's the podcast coming back? Me. No reply. No. Like, same. <laughs> same. Scene. I. Scene. Scene. And it got, uh, let me tell you something spooky. I'm performing in Edinburgh, Scotland. People are leaving my show and they say, when are you doing another podcast? And I'm on the other side of the world and I'm thinking, I don't know. I don't know, girl. I don't the know. thing about the podcast fans is, like, they give you a warped sense of reality because mm. they are incredible. We don't, yeah. we don't know who you are. We don't know who you are. And we don't have a name for you. We don't have, like, we don't, we haven't, like, cultivated a community here. And we've said that. We've owned that. Yeah. However, you are so much stronger and more passionate about it than, like, we, you're, like, inspiring us to be better. The passion that you have makes makes us want yeah want to be better people want to be better podcasters hundred percent and so we're like oh we've clearly got millions of fans because like look at this we're being stopped in the streets and people being like bring it back but I think yeah. maybe the fifty people that are listening are the ones that are telling us to come back and one but of who's in say? Scotland and one of them is in Scotland and, and so think- that was that made me go like it's global it's a global community. <laughs> And this podcast is not so much, no longer, really, about a podcast about gay culture, as it is a podcast about how to keep a podcast alive. It's a podcast about people who are trying to continue with a podcast, <laughs> despite against the odds, against, against the odds, 
and, against their and own to, lack of organization. <laughs> <laughs> and sort of like, being like, we need to podcast as if we need more podcasts in this world. Like, and sort of that, that sort of warped sense of reality that, that anyone needs this. Yeah. Which ultimately, in this world of excess content, of just mm-hmm. endless things to listen, read, watch. Do you Feel. need another podcast? Feel. Feel. Smell. Exactly. Smell. Smell a vision. It's, it's actually back. We are, you know, here we are. And should we cue the theme song? <laughs> yeah, I think I think we've summed up everything we needed to, and then we can just roll into it. So, yeah. Cue theme song. I'm sorry, Mom. It's not a phase. And welcome along to this week's uh, weekly episode <laughs> of The Male Gaze. We're back again, just uh, on whatever day this comes out, our regular day for release. Um, Do you know what was my Batman sort of signal in the sky? The thing that kind of called me to text you and go like, hey, let's, well, actually, Facebook Messenger you, which is my direct way of contacting you. And I contact people in different ways. But I always yeah, yeah. know I can get you on Facebook. And I don't know why. Yeah, you're exactly right. I think I am Facebook Messenger for most people. Maybe three people I'm text message. A couple of I freaks text- I'm WhatsApp. I WhatsApp a couple of freaks. Yeah, yeah. Guy Montgomery is a WhatsApp freak to me. Even Sometimes when you're I'll both contact- in New Zealand. Even when we're both in New Zealand, I'll be Wild. like, oh, that, might, that yeah. might get through. You know, I'm most likely for the direct line, like how to get yeah. to that person. It's usually Instagram. Um, but it's like, it's so crazy to have like different types of phones. You know, like if it was like a home phone, you're like, well, I'll contact. Like, it's like, it's so weird to be like, how will I contact this person? Carry a pigeon. How will I contact yeah. this person? Dial them up. You know, it's just so weird, isn't it? It's weird the, the different apps. Yeah, well, like Instagram DM and Facebook message and WhatsApp, they're literally all the same company. Three different forms <laughs> to do the exact same thing. <laughs> and just and some yet. people are hovering around in some apps more than others. Um, but my you- Batman signal in the sky. Yeah. That was like, we've got a podcast. Was this morning looking up into the sky, seeing a giant light. It was Kim Kardashian posing in a jock strap with blonde hair. Initially, I didn't think it was Kim Kardashian. It took me a while to realize what was going on. I thought, blonde eyebrows as well. Blonde eyebrows. She's reinvented herself. She's no longer black. <laughs> She's no longer a black woman. She's now a gay man. <laughs> I was like, I simply must reach out to Eli Matthewson and talk to him about this. And from there, on we go. A podcast had to happen. I thought it was Bimini Bomboulash for real. I was like, that's so amazing that Bimini's on the cover of who? Who even? Oh, Interview magazine. Interview magazine. Yeah, it's so weird. It's funny because the jockstrap we've talked about at length on this podcast serves a certain support for certain anatomical parts of your body mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. from my understanding Kim Kardashian does not have <laughs> so it's kind of crazy because all it is really there to, it doesn't have a butt because it's there to support a penis and balls yeah it and is that's it's only focus so however you identify you know that's the point of the jock strap which is why it can be worn by many yeah and it's, it's kind of like, crazy to me it's focus is also on 
I want someone to have sex with my butt. Yes. It's interesting because I don't think, you know, we shouldn't we shouldn't be out here saying that the jock strap should be only be worn that should never be worn by like cis women. No, of course but not. It's just like it's just it's and I guess it's that thing of like, what, how do we feel about this? We always want to know how do we feel about this? Whereas I'm like, mm. oh, actually, I think that's just a really weird question of like, why did this happen? And it's so confusing to me. Do you think she liked wearing it? Do you think she was comfortable <laughs> in it? I think it would gather. I think it would gather in a really weird way in the front. Yeah. And it's such it's a specific she, jock strap too. It's, she's um, wearing it quite high. It's like a very like old school. It's almost, a, I would just call it a traditional jock strap. Mm. But then I guess it's fashion and fashion plays in such different ways. Like you sort of, fashion is not, fashion is never about practicality. So maybe my argument about the pouch holding the balls and the penis is like irrelevant in that sense that it's like, it's clearly there to like provoke us in this instance, in the sense that we're talking about it now, it's done what it wanted to do. I would love to know. And this is my call out to any of the 50 <laughs> listeners of the male gaze from New Zealand <laughs> and Scotland. Are there any cis women out there who regularly wear jock yeah. straps? Why do you like it? How does it feel? Yeah, this is one, I guess, our blind spot, you know, and something that we've never interrogated. But I would be so curious to know as well. It really is a form of undergarment as well that for me is like, you're only ever wearing it if you're going to have sex in it. You put or it on to have play, sex in. Or if you play football. <laughs> Yes, but then even then I'm like, is that a separate, like the jockstrap that we know? Because if you're wearing it to protect yourself for sports, you're putting in the plastic cup, right? And I would say, yes. I would suggest that most of the popular jockstraps being sold these days do not have room to put a cup inside. No, but that's what the garment was created for, right? Like it wasn't yes. created for gay men. Because we yeah. didn't simply exist before 2002. That's but, true. <laughs> like, <laughs> so it's been around forever, you know. And yeah, so yeah, true. It's like, it was always designed for sort of sport use. And in a sense, it was sort of appropriated in a way through like kink by mm. the gay community. Because it was like, I, in my mind, something to do with like locker room, that sort of... Locker room sex. Yeah. And that yeah. sort of like, that, like, it's war, it's like that item that's kind of worn by like these straight football players and like to wear that as I can understand that and then it became so popularized and um it looks great under a pair of whatever like people just wear them at those circuit parties and with their little straps and their harnesses that aren't actually being ever attached to anything that's the thing about a harness I'm like if you're gonna wear one I want to see you hoisted on a big crane and swung around. Yeah, like around. a big hook comes down and you... <laughs> yeah, do, like, yeah. yeah, you get spun <laughs> like around like a maypole. All <laughs> exactly, the gays like, at a circuit party on a maypole that attaches to their harness. <laughs> if you don't have the courage to be swung around by your harness, like, why are you wearing it? Are you ready to rock climb? That's what I would ask if I the, worked at the jock strap shop or whatever it's called. Clip and climb. Uh, the jock strap shop. <laughs> um, they are for... Is a harness meant to, forgive my ignorance here, is your sexual partner meant to kind of grab it and pull you in with a harness? I guess it's something to hold on to. Yeah. I mean, it's all it's all fetish wear. In a sense, that fetish wear is like, I don't think. It doesn't necessarily need a it's specific not practical. function. Yeah. No. You're right. You're right. Um, it's about like wearing it. Yeah. Which is 
which is which is um I think yeah there's always there's always space to like buy something and you know when you get into something then you can like find better versions of it and it's nice to have like in a sense a hobby. Sometimes I experience anxiety about like I'm I've been looking at photos Same. of wind- oh sorry what? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well I've been looking I was looking today at photos of like winter pride and I and there's like a leather and lace party and just yes. purely seeing the photos having never attended a party like this and I don't know when or if I ever will but seeing the photos made me anxious gave me the level of anxiety of it's an hour before the party and I forgot to have any leather or lace. And I'm, yeah. and I'm in yeah. my Queenstown hotel thinking, I can't go. What am I going to wear to this bloody party? I only brought. Yes. I only brought. If you go to, if you are a gay that goes to Winter Pride, you are a gay that pre-buys the outfits. Every like look. you're not, you're not forgetful in that sense. You know. I'm, I've noticed now. There's there's rental companies as well for these events. Really. Clothing, clothing rental companies for um. What someone's wear. used jockstrap. Well, not like jock straps, but like um, crop tops, mesh, mesh clothes, harnesses, oh, those kind of things. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the fact of the gay. <laughs> and that is the fact. <laughs> Do you know what? My sister sent me a fact of the gay for us. Wow. Out of the blue, about a month or so ago, she was like, maybe you could use this as the fact of the gay. I was like. And maybe you could do a podcast. <laughs> once in your goddamn life, you could do a podcast. Um, do you want to hear it? Mm-hmm. Cool. I'm just sipping on a tea. Gumboot tea. Oh, yeah, I've got a, um English breakfast. That's what I'm sipping. Yeah, I guess gorgeous. I could... Oh, no, mine's Bell tea. And Bell is gumboot, would we classify? Yeah, and I think... But I think English breakfast is also gumboot. gumboot. i got to say, I cannot... I do not like Earl Grey. It's been a real... I used to think I liked it more than gumboot, and now I'm like, no, gumboot all the way. I love Earl Grey. Really? I really like Earl Grey and I feel like Gumboot is lacking. No, I just love the milkiness, the lackluster sort of flatness of a Gumboot tea versus like the fragrance and florals of... Exactly, the Earl Grey just has a little touch of spice to it for me and I like no, it. I understand that. But for me, it's a morning tea. Okay. In the documentary before Stonewall, uh, which is a... Documentary about gay history pre-1969 and includes a clip of a 1954 televised newscast about the rise of homosexuality and they're interviewing um, one known homosexual who's 22 years old. He identifies himself as Curtis White, but his real name, as it turns out, is Dale Olson. And uh, as far as this person has been able to know, basically my sister sent me a Tumblr post, so who knows (laughs) how verified this is. Tumblr? (laughs) Old school. Um, but Dale also may have been the first gay man to openly to appear openly on television and defend his sexual, sexual orientation. So in the wow. interview, he says there's nothing wrong with him. He's, mentally, he's never been arrested. They ask him whether he'd take a cure if it existed. He says no. Um, when asked if his family knows, he says they didn't up until tonight, but now they're going to find out. Um, and then they say, why are you doing this interview? And then he says, I think this can be uh, useful to someone besides myself. It was 1954. He was 22, appearing on the news. Are you the first gay man to do anything? Dancing with the Stars in New Zealand? Well, I'm not the first gay man because bloody Colin the Thorough, oh, Jeffrey, yeah. Tammany Coffee. But, but male but partner. First same-sex partner. It's um, so funny, that thing with like being in the, 
being an being an openly gay man. One of the things about being an openly gay man is about being the first openly gay man to do something at least once in your life. What's your? I mean, I guess to win Celebrity Treasure Island. <laughs> I guess so, but it's always like we're always striving to be the first at something, which is very interesting. Like assertion of something like it's very um it is very patriarchal in a weird way to be like i need to be the first like we're never like oh, someone else gonna you know it's like we're all in this race to be the first gay man at doing something i think about that with like the bros release and billy eichner's sort of language oh, around that, the promotion of film and it's been kind of interesting and like that was a bit of a bloody flub in his magazine interview but he's like apologized for it right totally has yeah and then yeah. joel's like joel can boost because it's so obvious that it's like the only other film we can kind of really compare this to is Fire Island, which came out and to sort of disregard that so quickly and flippantly. It's like, yeah, yeah a, a real faux pas on Billy's because t- he's essentially calling bros this gay rom-com that's coming out. is like the first gay rom Hold on. The first gay rom-com written and starring an openly gay man with an all gay cast is like his, which in my mind, too many things for it to be classified the first of anything. But isn't the main... I think the main thing is that it's the first gay rom-com to get a wide release. Like wide a, release. To get a full cinema, you know, release. But that was what it felt like by saying that he was saying, as opposed to those shitty indie films, you know, who, which only like are on streaming, streaming platforms. Film. Yeah, exactly, yes. exactly, exactly. But that would have been... I mean, fucking doing a publicity interview, probably someone's like, hey, remember to hit these points just before he did it. And he, you know, just did it, word it in exactly the right way. And you're tired. You're in it like... <laughs> It's like 7 a.m. You're doing a quick interview. Oh, I'm like still going to support both films no matter what, I think. And it's clear that both Joel Kim Booster and Billy Eichner are like, we don't actually want to make this into anything. So please stop yeah. talking about it. They're friends. And but I think they did some promo for both of the films together. Like, they did interviews together. So who But cares? I think it is, it is something in this like drive or like, and it comes from like main media as well. Like the push to be like, how do we... How do we defend your presence here? Like, if we were just like, it's another gay rom-com, you know, we would, versus like, it's the first something, there's an important, there's like a drive to go see it, like, which is why we always do that. And like, as gay comedians or creators, like we're always trying to like, give you a reason to go see it beyond that it's good. Yeah. Which is kind of a weird hang up that we have from like, I guess not getting a chance to do it and now being able to do it. And you're like, you better support this because otherwise we'll never get a chance Because it's important again. for these reasons versus being like, now we need to be at a point where we're like, and it's funnier than a lot of the other films you'll watch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess you don't, you don't want to... Sorry, I had a big burp from my tea. <laughs> you don't want to... Famously not- fizzy. <laughs> well, I actually also... I've been juggling a tea and a kombucha, so... Which actually is a, another type of tea. Um, Your gut, you don't wanna, you, it must be crazy. Yeah. There's milk in that, is there milk in that tea? Almond. Because the idea of blending milk and and also just so crazy to be drinking almond. I felt like it really had its moment, eh? And then it got shunned. It was in but the it's kind of bad. It was number one for a long time. And now oat milk's really come through. But I've seen that oat milk is now getting some bad press. It is. No one is safe from a bit of bad publicity. Yeah, not even, not even, not even milks, not even milk not varieties. Even milk. <laughs> Harry Styles, Florence Pugh, oat milk. I, no one's safe. 
am addicted to that news. And I Same. I have seen some discourse which is like, oh, should we really be? And I'm like, no, this is fun. And it's fun and it's funny. And I've never seen anything like it before in my life. And it's unreal. I it's love unreal. It. I it's, love it. And we should be talking about it because it is exactly what the people who made the movie want us to be doing. Yeah, because exactly. so many people were not going to see this film, Don't Worry Darling, until everyone started talking about it. And now everyone's like, well, I want to go see if you can detect any sort of psycho behavior in the film. The weird it's, tension. I, would, I couldn't ten- name another movie that has been, uh, played at the Venice Film Festival, but I can tell you every single <laughs> outfit that Florence Pugh has worn since she arrived there two days <laughs> <Yeah>. ago. <laughs> exactly. <sighs> I... um. I was actually talking about this with Alice Sneddon this morning as well. It's just so intense. Because I was like, I need to find someone to talk about it. And also, I'm a little gutted that it's overshadowed Brendan Fraser's return. That that, um, that that is a beautiful video of him crying when everyone applauds him. And of all people that I want, like, to have a, essentially what is the kind of... I don't know who it is. Like, who's had, like, a return to fame? And so, like, in a weird way, the Laura Dern effect, you know, of just, like returning and reclamation in this way that we're like actually an icon even though they've yeah. always been around i it's feel like Gen- jennifer coolidge kind of had it last year with white lotus yes. as well we were like no actually she's a really good actor <laughs> yes i feel like brendan fraser's having this moment where everyone's gonna be like let's go back and watch you know be be bedazzled, bedazzled. one of my <laughs> favorite favorite movies but i also think it's de- potentially deeply problematic i mean he's working in a time that the films were just the worst you know yeah, it's yeah, sort yeah. of shallow hell era like yeah but um, him and liz hurley liz hurley as well liz hurley dynamite. i was thinking about liz hurley. Dynamite. Dynamite. And where is liz hurley she needs liz hurley needs her brendan fraser moment what, yeah, exactly I want to see yeah. her getting a six-minute standing ovation and crying at the Venice Film Festival. <laughs> exactly. The whole um, Don't Worry Darling thing is just... The thing that Alice put on the head, which I think was so smart, is like, it is office drama. And yeah. everyone's had a toxic work environment. So we can all relate. And that's why we're all in it. Like, we're all dissecting it because it's like, who's at fault here? Like, where does the where does the blame lie? Yeah. I... I I just want a full... I want everyone to sit down and be very honest about exactly what's going on. <laughs> but I'm loving the mystery as well. <laughs> the mystery's crazy. When it was like... When I was like, I need to calm down was when I was like, he spat on him. He I watched this so like, many alone. times. I was like, it's definitely spit. <laughs> and then I'm like, he wouldn't spit. And then I was like, I can't work it out. I need to know. I need to be there. Like, I need to see. Like, we're going to have to get... Conf- like, we need Chris Pine. We need Chris Pine out. We need him to t- tell us if he got spat on. So in the last few hours, Chris Pine's people have said he didn't get spat on. And also I've seen video from after that event where they're talking and laughing. So I think we can determine that he was he did not spit on him. My, I think the thing I'm taking away from this is that Harry and Olivia are not together. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're which exactly is, right. Which is crazy. I'm like, what's the group thread? What's the group chat? And then Alice also, I mean, God, she's getting a lot of credit here in this podcast, but yeah, she made yeah. another great point. She made another great point, which was there's nothing more humiliating than being publicly called out for lying. And that is the position Olivia Wilde is in. She is. She is. And it's humiliating. It's humiliating. You just it's, can't come back from that. Well, and also, I mean, here's the. I guess the dark part about it is that that, that was done to her by Shia LaBeouf, who is 
a terrible person. Terrible. Um, a terrible person currently awaiting an assault trial. And he shared a video without his permission. But shoot, she mommy, lied. She, she fucking lied. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's hard because it's all messy behavior across the board. Yeah, across you the know, board completely. Which is funny because of where Florence Pugh sits in all of this. It's like she is the dislike. The only thing that I'm just like, kind of, I'm like, I don't know. And maybe it's like, misogynistic of me but i'm just like this sort of position of herself of this like fallen victim and i'm like yeah but you're still in venice in like valentino and you have had an amazing premiere of a film like it's i know it's awkward but it's not like i don't know it's just kind of odd but it's also not maybe it's not her behavior but it's how the media are framing it do you feel like she's a victim because i i the clip that i've been really addicted to is her in the purple with the Aperol spritz. Spritz, exactly. And I and I think she's in a, I think honestly, I think she's in a good mood. Right. <laughs> Despite it all, I think she's in a good mood. I'm just, I don't know. I'm like, you know, she's not a victim. You're right. It's more just like, what is it? I guess here I am sort of soldiering on despite how like, you know, yeah, I'm brave and I've got this despite all odds. I'm like, but she's also talked about like how excited she was working on the film, right? When like Shia yeah, true, was true, true. Yeah, it's the whole thing is a mess. The whole thing's a mess. Okay, I've just got a haunting message from Zoom saying the meeting will end in ten minutes, but I thought that I didn't know. happen. Doesn't that not? Um, I, do you know what's so t- great? It is a two-person meeting that doesn't happen. <laughs> what the? F- what the fuck? Do you know what we should be doing? What? This on Skype. Because this shit wouldn't happen at Skype. <sighs> yeah, but I, I wouldn't even know how to find Skype. <laughs> how to find I Skype. Do, I wouldn't even know where to look. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do miss like, the sound it makes when it calls. Do, 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 do. Do, do, do. Yeah, gorgeous. Love Skype. Okay, well, we'll have to pause midway. Because there's like, in my mind, this is a five-hour podcast. And we've got so much to get on. Hey, can I quickly ask you about something? That yes. Here's something that I thought. Here's something that's happened in the interim of in between podcasts. How long, it, how long in, has it been? In the four years since our last podcast. <laughs> the last podcast was the cast announcement of Dancing with the Stars. So I'm thinking it was like March, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so since then, we've both had the novel coronavirus. Do you want to talk about that? Oh, my God. What else? Oh, I moved into my house. You've wrote a book. <laughs> you got famously kicked off. A t- you got disgraced on national television. Yeah. Then got a new job. on. Oh, you were already on radio. I was already on radio. Um, what else I, happened? I went to I went to I released Scotland a comedy Madrid. special. You released a comedy I went to special. Melbourne. You were we in Melbourne. Oh, my we gosh. We filmed a TV show. show. Like so much, so much has happened. Taskmaster, like, there's so much. Yes, Taskmaster's finishing tonight. <laughs> I, know. I, know. I think I am a different person. Same. <laughs> I think yeah, I'm let's... a completely different person. Look, this is the thing we should examine now for the next. Uh, I hate this timer of seven minutes fifty. And then we'll keep going. But I need to, yeah, yeah. We need to just right now take this moment, unpack Dancing with the Stars, talk about it all, because it's just, in my mind, the, the craziest thing that could ever happen to one person in their life. <laughs> <laughs> but, and I think it, as a friend watching it, broke you into a million pieces. And I have to say, 
right now, even though this is digitally and I'm actually looking at my laptop, it's the first time I've seen you together since the fallout. You know? I think that, yeah, I think that checks out. Because while so, we were filming, I was it was still the fallout. I truly think leaving the country for five weeks was a real mark of like, and <laughs> now, and truly now, if I'm honest, it feels like it did not happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> so, the, so for listeners who like let's say aren't who is like that one Scottish listener who's like oh my god Eli Matthewson is on Dancing with the Stars this is iconic then what happens Eli has honestly what I would consider the most magnificent debut on that TV show dances with grace poise beauty class it's so wonderful and I hate to bring back trauma but we're going to just because I want it because we've because we've come full circle. Of course, of course. You couldn't. We could just see the stars were in our eyes, you know. The star, and they were dancing. It was Eli Matthewson. He was going to win the show. We just knew week one, week two. Me and Johnny Williams, gorgeous. Yes. Number week one two. on the leaderboard, a nine in the first week. Iconic. Week That's two. good. <laughs> Little Nazix dressed as hot football players. You know, there would be a jockstrap if if it was eight thirty. But we it is were in cups. We were in cups. We're wearing cups. Um, it is homoerotic. There's positions. It's suggestive. It's camp. It's fun. I'm like, here is the representation we have been asking for. Beyond, you know, that gay men can dance with each other, they also can grind on each other. That's this true. is what we need to be seeing on our TVs at seven thirty. We need to be seeing this. We're like, well, he's done it again. <laughs> he's done it again. <laughs> And the New Zealand public do not agree because they're simply not voting with their brains. They're voting out of an emergency response for their friend they think are going home. And with that, we lose Eli Matthewson on Dancing with the Stars. And he's just kicked out mercilessly. Like, it's just... And I'm watching it live. I am watching it live. And I tell you what, I scream. From the top of my lungs. I'm still, I'm still raw. It's the scream that's heard through a hundred suburbs. <laughs> Talk me through that moment. Like, wh- what is your whole takeaway from this whole thing? Is there one single takeaway? I don't know if there's one single takeaway beyond the fact that I'm like, God, it was icon. It was an iconic moment. Truly, I left my body in the time that it happened. I was completely somewhere else. I did not cry on TV, which is you were sh- you were genuinely shocked. It I was, was like. A ghost of myself. Your voice. They said, you, Eli and Johnny going home. And I saw your soul leave your body. Like, it, you know. Actually, do you know what I think was kind of interesting? And probably the bit that I'm like, this would be the curious thing. Is like, it was the ripple out. It was the impact afterwards. It was mm. like, it was everyone was talking about it. You know? And it was like, you were everywhere. And it was the, it was the single moment in the news that we were all discussing. It was crazy. It was for like three days. You were in a media shitstorm. Yeah. And people forgot about climate change and they forgot about COVID. <laughs> and all the Little did you know that Harry Styles was just a couple of months down the way building up a bit of spit in his mouth. Ready to throw it on And just blow the story out of the water. But you don't feel that when you're in the news. You just feel like, I'm never going to leave this. This is my life. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel so many mixtures of emotions about it now. But... I'm also just appreciating having some distance from it and not thinking about it most days. <laughs> it was just crazy. So that was like the obvious, I mean, that was just a massive thing that happened. And I felt like that's how I think of just like being busy 
but also dealing with like a huge thing that's going on in your life and just having to like motor on. And yeah, life, like, nev- life literally did not slow down from then. <laughs> life <laughs> catapulted forward. I had to go back on the show <laughs> and be part of a trio, <laughs> which was the week I was at my lowest for sure, but still had fun doing that. Yeah. And then and then we kicked into our um, series like a few weeks after that. Was that only a few weeks after that? I think so. It was pretty quick. Oh, yeah, because there was the rat party. You were I got asleep. COVID. You got COVID. Yeah. And it then all think- actually links into each other, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Dancing with Stars rat party. I get COVID. I'm out until we start our show. We work on our show for a few weeks. You get COVID. You're out. I go to the rugby. I get COVID. Yes, COVID from the rugby in the corporate box. In the corporate box. Do you know anyone else who had got COVID from that event? Mm-mm. It's amazing to think like who gives you it, and I will say it fucking sucked. I fuck. I would never want it again. But you were kind of like it was kind of easy for you, eh? I had the chillest version possible, and I don't yeah. feel good. I don't feel good or cool about that. But no, but shot. I had a sore throat for like two days, and if I wasn't like I tested because my friend who almost definitely gave it to me texted me and said they had it, and then I tested <laughs> two days in a row. And the second day I had it. Um, it took me but, so long to like get my brain back. That was the bit that I'm like, oh my God, I'm never going to heal. You know, I was just like freaking out about gray matter. I was like, I was like, I'm never going to be sharp again. But you kind of get through it. And it's like, um, it's like a media shitstorm, isn't it? Or like any adversity we face in our life. Do you think how the busyness afterwards, because I was with you, so we're filming and then in between takes, you are correcting small parts of your book. <laughs> You've got loose pages of your book in your hand and a pen and you're making notes and then it's like action, book away, cut, the book comes back out. And you know Days what? after seems, recovering. It seems, <laughs> and it seems performative. Like when you hear that, you're like, oh my God, like you can do that in some other time. And I just simply could not. Like, yeah. I had to work at a level that was just like, if you're not eating or doing something else, you're working on the book to get it done in time. And that was just Mm. like, that's what I was being faced with. It was just one of those moments where you're like, I have to disassociate and work forever to get this done. It's just so stupid, but at least it's all done now. Yeah, yeah, totally. Here's what I wanted to ask you, because here's here's an awful thought that I had this morning. And already I know that this is an unhealthy thing to think, but... I feel like in the final two weeks before I went to Edinburgh, like on the radio, I was being like funnier and better than ever. And then since I've come back and I've actually had a bit of space in my life, I'm the, I'm like, is it like pressure mixed up? I feel like I'm like, I'm not on form. And is that I, because, but is that true or am I just making that up? I think you're making that up. Yeah. And I think you're adjusting to being literally off a plane. Like you didn't have a day off basically from no. landing back. And I think there's something about adrenaline that makes you feel like you're doing a good job. Because you're like, oh my God, despite all odds, I kind of like got through that and like, that's okay. That's good. That's good. That's better than good. You know, I'm happy with that versus like having space to like, but I'm only saying that because I just cannot be in a place anymore where I've been working the way I've been working this year. Totally. I know. (laughs) And I'm drawing a line. I'm drawing a line. I'm done. I'm fucking done. Yeah, I've been br- so unhappy. You're good. <laughs> like, and I'm finally you, the happiest I've ever been. Have you got a bit of, and you've got a bit of space around yourself now and a bit of time. Well, because to- I'm getting I'm getting married in like three weeks or whatever. And Is it three weeks? 
It's the first of October. I'm getting married. Oh my god! I can't wait. I it's can't gonna wait. be so good. And to put life first in a moment, like of your life, is that's what the wedding's about. Really, it's like just to prioritize not work, like not a project, and that just feels heavenly. And like the other day, I was making like a toasted sandwich, and then I just like was going to watch some YouTube. It's like two o'clock in the afternoon, and I was like giddy with joy. I was like. Like clapping around the house because I was like, oh my God, I just get to eat and watch, and like no one's needing me to email them back right now, or no one's like needing a script from me right now. I'm just like, I've actually got my own time. And I was like, I haven't experienced that all year. And it was just like, oh my God, this is so exciting. (laughs) That's so beautiful, Chris. I'm very, but then also I like keep thinking, like, oh my God, it's so stupid. Like, there's so many people that are working jobs that they fucking hate and they're overworked and they're not being paid good money for it you know so I was like who am I really to complain but I think to be overworked is to be overworked you know to lose a sense of your time or or like personal life or autonomy is like stressful regardless yeah and to lose the enjoyment of free time Ugh, love free time yeah yeah it's really good stuff it's I really feel like stuff. I'm missing a sense of community in my life that's the big one I feel like at the moment oh just dropped a Meet along ruler. Um, title of it. Um, I <laughs> <laughs> just dropped a meet along ruler. <laughs> Perfect. Missing a sense of community in my life. I think it's really interesting. Like, I feel like, but you've just, I guess you've just come from a big sense of that maybe with Edinburgh, like all the comics was, over there. That's what I was about to say. I just had, so I went to Edinburgh and I didn't really have time to think about Edinburgh before I left. Um, <laughs> and then, and I guess when you go to that festival, normally it's like, well, I want to do this for my career and I want to do this and I want to meet these people. But I just decided before I went, I was like, here's what I want to do. I want to fall back in love with performing again and I want to hang out with my friends. And I did both i really the friendship was so nourishing because truly this whole year i really haven't been hanging out with my friends very much ever ever because it's like if you get spare time i'm like i want to spend it with my boyfriend of course the love of my life who i want to spend any moment i can with and then yeah, I just, I really haven't been spending much time with friends. And so that was my aim for Edinburgh. And it is one of my aims for the rest of the year as well, because I really feel like I lost out on that in mm. the first half of this year. And of course, obviously made great new friends and spent time with them. But uh, yeah, I just didn't see like those those people that are so important to me. Like you, Chris. Oh. I didn't even see you until we bloody worked on our bloody project, you know? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. It's, yeah, I'm like, what is that? Like, because I used to be part of like a social netball team and I loved it for that reason of just like being with a group and Mm. playing netball. And I just like, I feel like it is a thing when you fall into a serious committed relationship where and then you become busy professionally so you're either working or you're trying to invest time in your relationship 
yeah. that you forget about like the wider circle as well, which is really important. And I'm like, oh, just where's that community gone? I just don't get, I just don't know at the moment. And I'm like, what is that community? Like part of me is thinking like, I could join a choir. I'm like, I could start sewing lessons. <laughs> like it's been weird the way it places it's pulled me, but I'm like, I've had this craving recently to, and this is truly like, it cannot happen, but to join like an amateur dramatic society. <laughs> <laughs> what are you because, talking about? <laughs> <laughs> because as like as a kid, it was the most joy and like pleasure I had in my life was like teaming together with a whole bunch of weird adults <laughs> to like put on a play that like no one's going to see for like three or four nights and everyone's just doing it for the love. So you're talking about like you want to go out to Howick Little Theatre and be part of the Glass Menagerie. Is that what you want? I think so. I'm going to tell you right now, you will not enjoy that. (laughs) Because the thing that I thought was like, how amazing would it be to like, because as a teenager, your parents are like, come on, no, you cannot go to rehearsals on Wednesday night. You've got to be home. You've got school tomorrow. Uh And you're like, oh, you don't understand how important it is. Like that was the kind of pain that you would go through. But to do it now as an adult, I'm like, I don't have like someone being like, you've got to be home. But no, you like you live your own life. So I could invest all the time in, in the world hanging out with amateur actors. Chris, I'm so sorry, but I think when you used to do amateur theatre, part of the joy was like that was one of that was one of the few spaces where you got to invest in yourself as a performer. You are a professional performer who is doing it full time. Most <laughs> investing most of your time into that. But just like you will, imagine, <laughs> it's just more performing for yourself that you don't need. <laughs> you I'm, like, tr- I'm like frantically learning lines for like a pinter that no one's gonna see. Yeah, no, you're, I mean the reality of the dream is yeah, just like it's it's tough. But I mean, I will come and see it, and so will all fifty of the podcast fans. A pinter, <laughs> the same to see like, a pinter. We've never seen ticket sales like this. I mean. <laughs> And we've sold the season out. (laughs) Chris Parker doing a bit at the Howard Little Theatre. Or just like, what's they're always doing like, you know, like dirty dusting or like three grumpy men or. What's the one? Noises off? Noises off. Or. Yeah. I saw the Coward one. There was one that was like about a bunch of hikers. Like, take a hike. Or like. I know the one. I know. There's one. No, there's one which it's. Is it all women and they're hikers? Yes. And it's in a. It's like in a camping car. What is that called? It was just done in Waiheke when I was going over there for shows. Then I was like, I would do anything to be a part of that. What is the one? It's Australian and it's set in like a mental health facility and they're putting on a play in the Cosy. 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 It's always being put on. Yeah. I remember. This is like such a throwback, but the Repertory Theatre in Christchurch, which is like was the pinnacle of Amdram Theatre. And like they were putting on big productions. And my favorite mm-hmm. thing ever is like they'd always have, this is the old Repertory Theatre that's no longer standing, but they would have like the publicity stills out on the front in the little cabinets. And then they would Photoshop blush on the cheeks of the actors. <laughs> Like they had this like crazy, like they'd almost like photoshopped makeup on them using like Microsoft Paint. It was crazy, but they did it on every single image. That was up I there. don't remember seeing that. That's crazy. I, That's very and cool. And the way I think it would have played out is they would have been like, should we wear makeup for the run? And they would have been like, we don't have time. We'll do it in post. Because yeah. you always get like one run where the photographer comes in, which is like oh the energy gosh. of that run is just the best. 
the stage makeup and a repertory production as well, which is like hard eyeliner under your eye and then <laughs> foundation that is a shade too light. <laughs> and what I love about it as well is like the relationships you as like a young gay boy make with specifically an older woman, woman in her like sort of late 50s. Yeah. And she just like adopts you like a son. And you just, you're like 14, she's like 52, she's got purple hair, and you're just like hitting it off. And you just think, like, this woman has it, you know? She's like living the dream. And she's like in the chorus. I have such good memories. I remember doing one of the Canterbury Young Shakespeare Society shows at the Repertory Theatre. And it was when, sorry to talk about it, but Harry Potter number six came out. And everyone, <laughs> when they were off stage, was reading it and like checking him like and then also like one of the cast members auditioned for New Zealand Idol at the time and then didn't Huge. go to get in and then we all supported them through that and oh my gosh so many beautiful <laughs> and the rehearsal rooms at Teachers College in, in Christchurch oh so it's many gorgeous memories the best memories like just the smell of like, like holding a prop that's just been painted like it's just there's nothing better there's nothing better than that and, and like, that's how I that's how I tried mulled wine for the first time because we did the Winter's Tale and part of the package with your ticket was you got a mulled wine and then we would get to drink the rest of it after the, the audience left. Can I say, I hate mulled wine. Like, I was leaving a... Um, like, I just don't like the smell of it. It sort of permeates through... A, a, I just I can't stand it. It's very strong. It's very strong. I don't know. It's like, who have a mulled wine? I just can't... No, I don't like it. I've decided yeah. I just don't like it anymore. Nah. It's I'm annoying. Different. I'm different to you. I like it. I like it. I like the starities. I like the smell. I like holding a warm wine. I get that. Okay, so yeah. where are we at now? I'm about to get married and you are got your life back and you're going to yeah. see your friends more. Yeah, that's my name. Someone messaged me and was like, I'm listening to your podcast right from the beginning and like you're very anti-marriage. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like now it's you're getting married any day now. And I was like, yeah, it is funny. But I was like, it was like six years ago that this podcast began that like there's so much change that's happened in our lives. Uh, since the last episode. You can't rely on us to hold a single opinion that we will stick by. <laughs> that is part of the deal <laughs> as a We're listener. We're fickle. <laughs> <laughs> We're fickle. Um, do you want to talk about your book? I actually picked up my um, reading copy of my book today and I can't believe it. It looks like a proper book. I mean, I'm it just, is a proper book. <laughs> I just read the like <laughs> the, um, the only bit of the blurb on the back that I, I read immediately was openly gay. <laughs> openly gay. Yeah, I did not write any of this stuff. That's the publishers. Where does it say openly gay? The first openly gay man to ever write, write a book, Chris Parker. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, King. It's just basically a whole bunch of short essays and and stories or like lists. Some of it's truly insane. And it's all written in a sort of feverish state. My um, dream about Julia Roberts, if you're a fan of the podcast... It's in here and written for. Wow! The, did <laughs> and did you use it because you we wrote that as a fan fiction in one of our lives? Yeah. Episodes. Then I was like, I need to just copy and paste. Uh, basically, essentially copy and paste. No, I rewrote <laughs> it a little bit and got some. I got an illustration done for it. Oh, stunning! Um, yeah, which I, I don't know who's paying for those, um, but I got 
there's a whole chapter on bu- on biscuits that I like to eat and how I eat them. Oh, <laughs> that's gorgeous. Malapuff, yeah. I see there. There's a whole chapter on um, haircuts I've had in my life. And then there's little um, handwritten notes as well. It's kind of cool. I think it's like, a, I sort of can't believe it. It's but amazing, Chris. It's, it's such it's an incredible amazing. achievement. It's so cool. That is going to be in lots of people's houses. It's, it's going to be like the if, Christmas present of the year. It's in every bookstore. There's a lot actually about um, gay sex in here as well, which I don't know how I feel about people reading that, but I put it in there about um, dating and just like some crazy hookups I heard in my past. The famous video easy stories in there. Of course it is. Um, and which is always a tough, it's always a tough read. Uh, I have, I've lost you again. You're oh, is it better now? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I said get the tissues out for that one, which actually does not need to be repeated. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it's going to be out in October, and you'll be able to get it anywhere. As guys, it's 270 pages. It's so and cool. I would say a sensible font with huge margins. <laughs> so much for me about having a book deal is going into bookshops, picking up a book, not reading it, and just looking at um, the font size and how many big the margins are and just making myself feel better that what I'm doing is okay. Like, I just got obsessed with it. J.J. Feeney's book I had a look at, like Dom Harvey's book, Tony Street's book, like anyone who's had a book, I've like looked at it. <laughs> Specifically for how big the font is and how big the margins are. Yeah, just to see what I could get away with. What oh, is the longest? My, here's my fiance. Where are you off to? Um, off to. Oh, so if anyone wants to go uh, to a cool new show at Object Space, I'm currently opening up a new show. This is Michael. Oh, gorgeous! I'd love to come. Uh, you check out the um, exhibit. Installation <laughs> opens this Friday. It opens this Friday. It's a jewelry show. Um, I'd love to come. I'll I'll be there. And yeah, I mean, what else were we talking about? I can't remember. Um, I was going to say, how long is the longest chapter? Because here's my toxic thing when I read is I like to scan through the pages to see just how long the chapter is to see how much of my evening I'm investing in it. You know, Agreed. I do that too, which is why I've deliberately spiced the chapters up. So it's like some are long, some are short because yeah, I gorge. hate it when they're too consistently short you know, or like long and you're like, oh yeah, no, I just eight pages and I'm done. Eight pages and I'm done. Sometimes you're like, oh, whip through that one. Um, the longest one is a chapter called Best Friends and it's about my relationship with Eddie and Brinley. Um, and it's about also about Christchurch theatre. Um, the oh my gosh. High school Stunning. theatre scene. The high school theatre sports competition? Yes. And Sheila Wynn. Sheila Wynn. And it oh. goes from page 198 to page 228. So you do oh the math because I'm an author, not a mathematician. Um, it's so crazy. Pa- it's 30 pages. Part of me is like, I need to have a book launch. Like, but I haven't, no one's even told me about it. Like, if I should organize one, but I think I should organize. But the idea of organizing a wedding and a book launch just seems excessive. When is the book released? October, same month I get married. <laughs> Too much. But you Too should much. surely do a reading. Yeah, that's what I thought. But they're kind of like, yeah, it's sort of like a lot of work for, you know, not a lot of sales. It's better just to have them in the, sh- in the shop. I was like, oh, well, even just for me to like emotionally process the fact that it's been made. But I'm like, maybe I'll just have my own party. The funny thing is the book's green and like I immediately want to get um, uh, like Midori cocktails or something. Yes. Like, like it's like a green drink. Um, 
But do you want to see my wedding ring as well? Oh, all these fun things to show oh you. Oh my gosh, Chris. Yes, I would. Okay, Chris has left to get his wedding ring. Look. My classic gold wedding band. Gorgeous. It's like I wanted to go um, for something really grown up, you know, like something that um, like <gasps> my dad would have. Don't you think that seems mature? Yeah, it seems very mature. And are you going to wear your engagement ring all the time as well? Or are you going to... I think I'll just like put it on if I want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> but it's silver, whereas... Oh, it's kind of got a bit of gold in it. I don't know if you can mix gold and silver. I don't know what the rules are. Depends if you go Girlies, to Hamner Springs or not. Oh, what happens to rings on. in Hamner Springs? They turn gold <laughs> and silver. Right? It's a limerick from what <laughs> I gather. Just, and it's just Hamner Springs as well. It's not other... Um, what holes. happens to rings in Hamner Springs? <laughs> The flings of things are hiving. But whether the jives of have... Yeah, it's like something like that. <laughs> I've lost my mind. <laughs> this podcast has almost been an hour, so we should probably wrap it up because now we're just doing show and tell. I know. Do you um, want to name a queen of the week? Queen of the week. The queen of the week is whoever is in charge of PR for... Don't worry, darling. They're doing, you're doing an amazing job. Even if, because no, even if you didn't plan any of this, step back I and understand. enjoy it. Because they're overworked. They're not sleeping. Mm, yeah. They're, they're having the worst week of their life. Uh-huh. And, they're gonna, and it's not going to it's not gonna end anytime soon. Nah. They're just like, they're trying to sell this movie and it is blowing up around them. And I just think, all the best. You're the queen. Also, all publicity is good publicity. That's what I heard. <laughs> That's what I heard. And I say that as someone who has been kicked off a reality show and got... <laughs> A lot of news articles <laughs> written about them. It's such... It's From the previous episode of this one, it's just... Everyone's going to be like, what? You know, like, it's the just... The whiplash. The whiplash. It's... Yeah. It's amazing. So, Have you... Can I ask you one thing? Is it Buzzy watching Celebrity Treasure Island now, um, like a new season, having been on it? Do you feel... Yeah, that's right. There's a new season of Celebrity Treasure Island out. I have watched it, and I love it. And it's yeah. so cathartic watching it back i'm just like because i get to enjoy it as a fan of uh the show so it'd be interesting to see if people are like into it as much as they were last time and i think a lockdown has a lot to do with a television show's success any television show's success uh, because people are you know watching it in a way that like their life matters you know like it depends on it but I get to enjoy it on like I, I also think it doesn't matter like what everyone else is thinking about it as long as you have a good experience watching it so i'm like it's already two episodes in. I've watched both episodes and I've screamed and like gasped and it's had exactly what it is trying to do. So I'm kind of enjoying being a fan of the show and it doesn't seem too weird. Yeah, great. I great. think by the end, the attention that was coming off each episode of that show, like each episode was the drama was revving up and everyone was like the amount of viewers were like growing. It was just like it felt like just bombs going off everywhere you ran. And like, it was just so hard to like not be the center of a conversation, even though it was in lockdown. So I'm kind of excited that that attention is somewhere else. Cause it, despite- it is, I think we can both say that being on a reality show is too much attention for any single person to ever experience. Isn't that interesting? Because I feel like we love attention. I know. Like that's why we do what we do. But <clears throat> I've recently found myself getting quite anxious Whenever I'm too in the media in a weird way, like 
and the attention that you get on yeah, like Celebrity Treasure Island, it's like or Dancing with the Stars, it's 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 so intense. Not that it's like so maybe have a think about how many you are a celebrity. No, but just like it's just like I was surprised by how much I didn't enjoy being in the spotlight. <laughs> yeah, it's just not a very like it's all consuming, and I think that is bad. And it's and it's and it's temporary, but it feels like the most important thing in the entire world while it's happening. And you're not in control. Yeah, no. Whereas like people we're make their so used up. to being in control of how people like because with our comedy, it's like oh, here's a clip from me at the gala, and it's like my comedy, and I've thought about which bit I'm going to upload, and I'm presenting myself in a certain way. Versus reality, it's like it's just shot you bare. Like it's and yeah. it's kind of examining you as a person rather than you as a performer, which is often the side of ourselves we don't really put out there. Yeah, totally. Because it's all fake. <laughs> <laughs> I love Lynette on the new season. And also she used to teach Pilates to me at the Unitech gym. <laughs> and she was, she's, uh, she's an icon. She's so funny. She's so funny. And like, I'm just so grateful for a New Zealand celebrity who's willing to just like stir the pot on a yeah. show like that and just be chaotic and create television. I think it's just genius. So good. Thank God. Her and that little green scarf, which I'm obsessed with. That pathetic little disco green scarf. <laughs> it's not keeping her warm. It's just her splash of color. Just every challenge, slowly mm. strangling her. It's just gorgeous. Heaven. Perfect. Um, and with that, with Lynette Forday being the last name mentioned on this podcast, as always, we will wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows when we will return? Maybe in another year, another life, another decade. I think we'll be back next week. I want to say we're going to be back next week too. I've got I've got time next week. I've got Same. time. Yeah, I've got time for this. I've got time for you, and I've got time for our fans. And to you, we apologise. Yeah, we're really sorry. <laughs> we dropped the ball. We 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 know what we've done. Yeah, and we know that we can't get you back immediately. No, we know it's going to take some time, but we're willing to put in that time if you're willing to be there for us. If you're ready to come on the journey with us. To this podcast, which is about trying to continue making a podcast. Podcast. (laughs) Despite (laughs) no one asking you to continue it. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. I'm sorry, Mom. It's not a phase. It's for me, okay. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.